welcome to another episode of Jeff Brazier, Only Human. This podcast is all about saying out loud what we're finding tough right now and sharing advice and tips on the things that are helping, removing the pressures that we put on ourselves and taking every day one step at a time. Important episode, I say that every week. They're all important episodes because they touch on elements of our mental health, of our lives, of um, you know what we're going through that, that, that we can all... Uh, relate to and that's what I really like about this this podcast Um, this week in particular uh, we know that there's been talk of COVID and vaccinations and and it's it's I think for a lot of people might have triggered those memories of right what's what's coming up next what they're going to take away from us what are the changes going to be Um, it's a really weird passage of time for us to be in Uh, we've all worked that much out we don't need to be a scientist or um, a psychologist to know that one thing we know is that we're absolutely in a difficult time. I think what I recognise, I can see that we have different coping mechanisms, different strategies that are getting us through or not, as the case may be for some. But some of us, it seems, are kind of acknowledging the fact that our reality is is actually quite undesirable. And as a result, I think what, what happens, because I do go through that stage, is I feel um, really disjointed, discombobulated, uh, um, you know, really out of sorts, you know, to say the very least. Um, But then I can go through different phases of um, almost avoidance that I recognise within myself. And I think a lot of us are definitely doing this as well. But, you know, do you avoid reading newspapers and having conversations with friends? Do you basically try and banish all talk of COVID and vaccinations and anything topical right now that's happening to us in order to protect your <laughs> sanity, your mindset, your peace of mind. If you do, um, you might say, well, that's the way I deal with it because if I expose myself to all of these things, then I'm going to feel really low. I'm going to feel really uncertain and I'm going to feel unhappy as a result. And I can't argue against you with that. I really, really can't. And I've flipped between between the two states. And I think actually maybe that's my way of keeping a balance. And how's your balance? And I'm not talking about, you know, can you stand on one leg? I'm talking about can you navigate all of the uncertainty, all of the press conferences, all of the nudging, from the media what is your technique what are your tactics when it comes to making a fist of being able to listen to it but still function every now and again I get an occasional jolt um, where I can't escape it and I feel overwhelmed if you like with oh my god what is actually going on right now where are we heading I don't know what is going on Imagine saying that as a 42-year-old and I'm doing really well with work. My family are good, but I can honestly sit here and say to you, I don't know where we're going and and what's next and what comes after that. And that feels weird to know that despite getting on with my wonderful career, with my wonderful family, every now and again, as I say, I get that jolt that brings me back to this sentence, which is, I'm a bit worried about the future. In fact, I'm more than a bit worried. So that's why I want to talk about solutions because that's all I've ever really reverted to is if there's an issue, then share your vulnerability, which as you know, is something I learned to do in the last few years. And now I'm going to let you know again, a couple more things that I do 
to help me to navigate these difficult times. So in order to give myself a balance, I have to be organized and I have to have the ability to reflect because without the two, I'm, I'm drifting. So here are my recommendations of things that you can do in order to be more organized and to feel more in touch with how you're feeling on a daily basis. Okay, time boxing. I got it from a book called Indistractable uh, by Nir Eyal. It's a fantastic read. And this method for organizing and structuring your day is an absolute game changer. You know, I'm a list keeper, just like many of us listening to this, I'm sure. The problem with lists is that we'll tick five things off, but those five advancements that we've made will then procure five more things that we need to add to the list. Therefore, the list never ends. So what you might say, it's a rolling list. It's a fluid thing. Great. But the problem with it, I think, is that it doesn't ever give us permission to stop. When do we know that we've done enough and that we don't have to keep working, as I commonly typically do six o'clock and later, maybe sometimes even up till 10 o'clock, because I'm the sort of person that if there's nothing on TV and, and I don't really watch much TV, I will happily sit there and just crack on because I get a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction from getting things done. But there needs to be a balance. All right. That's a big theme today, isn't it? We need to be able to say to ourselves somehow, right, I've done everything that I expected of myself. Therefore, I can afford to stop in a nutshell. I can pat myself on the back even. How about that? How does time box work? So there's three categories of anything that our day would consist of. Things that we must do, things that we have to do, such as paying bills, the administrative stuff, and things that we'd like to do. It's interesting, we we would term it that way, but things that we'd like to do are usually things that we would benefit from. We'd like to do them, and it's almost like, but it's okay if we don't. Imagine if you swap the labels around and that you said that when it comes to things that are going to benefit you, you actually must do them. They're non-negotiable. So we can toy around with that. The structure would look like this. You can take a piece of A4 paper for starters. You might actually buy yourself a, a diary, which would help you to time box um, in, in an official journal, if you like. So the first thing we would do is we'd put in the things that we must do. Okay, so I must go to work at nine and I must take um, a lunch break at that time and I must um, pick the kids up from school. You'll get the gist, the things that you absolutely must do. So put those things in. All right. And then what we'll recognize is that there is gaps before we start work, potentially during work where we know we might have a quiet gap. It might be your lunch hour um, and then in the evening, potentially, you know, that's if you work a typical nine to five. It doesn't really matter because it's completely versatile around you. So where are those gaps? That's what the boxes are. So time boxing. All right. So identify the boxes and draw the boxes in to what it is that you're looking at in front of you. And again, if you can't see this visually, then go to Near IL's website and just search time boxing and he will have all the explanations and the videos and you'll be able to catch it there. But I'll continue. So then what we'll do is we'll put in the things that we must do. So it might be that you've taken your traditional to-do list and you can then port it into your boxes. So you you might say, right, I'm going to pay my phone bill in the morning. I'm going to ring for car insurance at 2 p.m. because that's when I'm going to get a chance in between that and that. And you can weave them all in. 
All right, and then you'll still see that within those boxes, there are still gaps for you to do other things as well. So maybe that's where you put your meditating. Maybe that's where you put your visualization. Maybe that's where you put your gratitude towards the end of the day. Just 10 minute slot. You don't have to do these things. Anything that you want to do for yourself is obviously completely down to you. These are just examples. These are things that I would probably put in my day because these are the things that give me balance. What you've got then, the end product is a structure to work to. What's really important is that if you don't follow it perfectly, it's okay. I remember when I first started time boxing, I, I recognized that I felt really good knowing that everything was already set out. It's like the day was predetermined. And as a result, the level of angst and stress reduced before I'd really even got started. You might think, Jeff, I don't want to be driven all day. Like I, I haven't got the energy for that or the capacity for it. And I don't expect you to. But you can actually plan your your downtime. You can plan your time sat in front of the TV because there's no judgment around the fact that you have to plan things that are either good for your self-development or are high energy, high octane, sort of like big life challenges. Just time box everything so that you've got a guide, a predetermined guide that you've stipulated yourself so that you can work through that day effortlessly. And at the end of it, when you get to whatever the time is that you've decided you can stop, then it's you time. And that'll feel really good. And it'll feel actually probably a little bit unusual. Maybe that's your time for a bit of R&R, &R, which gives you the balance so that you're not necessarily listening to things that take you back to that jolt that I've described of, oh my God, where are we and where are we going? Right, so there's me sharing with you my concerns, but also, you know, these are my solutions. This is what I do to keep myself okay, because if I didn't do these things, I don't think I'd be as okay as I think I am at the moment. So I hope it helps you. And if you do these things already, then let me know if you do things differently. Let me know so that I can relate to everybody else. What do you use so that you keep yourself okay at the moment? Um, Emma, I know that we've had lots of tips from other people. So it'd be great to relay some of those. And I know we've got a few questions as well. So what's first? First is a question from Darren, actually. And we've had something similar before in season one, but this still feels incredibly relevant. How do we help ourselves to stay positive and motivated in a world that feels like it's going to forever stay virtual? You don't have to. You don't have to stay positive and you don't have to be motivated. So that sounds to me like a pressure that we put on ourselves. And I'll say it as much as you do. Got to be motivated. I've got to be positive. Obviously, we're all, you know, feeling it really difficult to do a lot of things virtually with work being from home and continuing to be from home and looking like it might continue for a lot of us to be at home for a considerable amount of time. So first and foremost, I know the most important thing that you can do is ensure that you don't consistently pressure yourself to be positive and that positivity, I think, will come naturally when you actually give yourself a bit of space and time to just sit on the fact that I feel rubbish. It's okay to feel negative. I would never have told anybody that because it's not what I believed. My motto in life, my favourite saying, my son asked me this earlier, is like, you know, what, what's, your, what's your motto, Dad? What's your favourite saying? Because I can. It's something I've been saying from a, a very young age. Um, but sometimes I can't. <laughs> sometimes I can't. And sometimes I shouldn't keep trying to. Sometimes I should just accept that being human is about accepting your limitations and your flaws and recognising 
um, when you're hitting your limit, at least for that day or in that moment. To do that and to give yourself a breather and say, do you know what, I'm going to take this evening off. I'm going to sit there and just feel how I feel instead of continuously driving on and on and on. Come on, I've got to find a solution. I need to, I need to control this. Part of navigating what we're going through and um, finding some balance is to just sometimes accept that it's difficult. And that is massive. Allow it, as, uh, as my kids might have said uh, at points during their teenage years. Allow it. We're a community, so if you have any advice or solutions, perhaps ways you've done this, let me know and I'll share in next week's podcast. The email is only.human at absoluteradio.co.uk. This is from Nicole. Hi, Jeff. Boys and girls, children, teenagers, young adults, they need to be inspired and encouraged to follow their dreams. How do we inspire them in current times? Wow, that's a testing question. <laughs> All right. I inspire my children because, again, you, you revert to, to your own personal experience, uh, lived experience of, of what that question's about. And even though things are really difficult at the moment, I inspire them through my own actions and words, but words less, actions more so. So that's what's always going to be inspiring the, the, the young. Not everybody has... Uh, parents to aspire to or you know it, it might be that they're they're looking at guardians or school teachers I think there's inspiration all around in all honesty it's something that I think takes care of itself uh, in a way that if we are devoid of inspiration in in our home environment then we'll find it elsewhere if our inspiration is lacking maybe that that is actually because we're not looking and I think we we learn at a point to actually um, shift our gaze from distraction. Um, and really, when I talk about kids, I'm I'm talking about you know the um, incessant use of um, computers and devices. And at a point, they'll start to feel like they're being left behind because their mates are getting jobs and vocations and careers, and they seem focused and they're earning money and they're driving a car for the first time. And and all of a sudden, they're like, oh. I'm, I should be doing something else. So I always believe that they'll find it eventually. And that it just sounds a little bit blasé, but please believe I'm that parent who put all kinds of pressure on himself. So this blasé sounding comment actually comes from a place of, of real learning. Um, and that is that there's not, not actually that much you can do, but be yourself because I really honestly do believe that they find it within themselves to start that journey towards finding who it is they're meant to be, what it is they're meant to do when they're ready to. Um, We've all had this conversation around the distractions that are available to this generation that weren't available to, to us or anyone before us. But then there was always distraction. There was always girls if you was a young lad or or you know whatever you were into basically there was always um the things that you shouldn't be doing at the ages that you were and um there's always been distractions so i honestly think that it's something that will um will unravel itself but the question really is more about will you allow that young person to find it for themselves here's an example i've taken freddie to a few jobs with me recently if he's not been busy. Like yesterday, I hosted an awards and 
I took him because it meant him getting scrubbed up in black tie. It meant him being presentable. It, it meant him talking to adults. It meant him mixing with people who are successful to, to a degree because that was obviously, it was an awards night. It was there to, to recognise the, the success and hard work and endeavour of professional individuals. And I knew he'd get something from it. So whilst the lesson didn't come from me necessarily, and don't get me wrong, he would have seen me up doing what I do and he would have seen me hopefully um, being professional. There'll be people that he spoke to, conversations that he had where seeds would have been planted. I've also taken him to work today, still with me on the same road trip from one job to the other. And he was offered, as he was last night, offered a job. And he was also offered um, the opportunity to do some running. And I don't mean put your running trainers on and go and run a mile. Running in, in a production sense in that he'll be the one that makes the tees and, and takes bits of equipment from one place to the other. And all because really, I think, again, he just showed a good attitude. He's able to have conversations with people. He doesn't rely on me to talk for him. And I don't talk for him. I think that's really important. And that really happens just because I bring him. I bring him along and he takes care of the rest himself. We think that it's more on us than it actually is sometimes. And as a result, we probably block our kids from being able to grow and find the motivation themselves for them to start their own development. So the next strategy that I wanted to talk to you about is journaling. So they work differently. I suppose with time boxing, we'd be doing that in a diary, hopefully a big A4 one plenty of room for each day you know with journaling again big a4 one and this is your dedicated uh, way of being able to express what's going on for you to yourself it's private no one needs to see it when it comes to writing it down it's given time and space for us to be able to reflect on how we feel in anticipation of things that are coming up but also to reflect on things that we've done how did it go? Did it go as well as we wanted to? What were the good things? What were the bad? What could we do differently next time? So actually, in that, you can coach yourself by asking yourself open questions. The benefit of it really is there for you to discover. So go and explore that. If you've got any trust in me whatsoever and the things that I talk about, then just try it. Um, you can use it for loads of stuff. Uh, whenever you catch yourself in a resourceful space, you know, why don't you just look into why you feel like that and try and list the ingredients of that feeling so that you might be able to access them slightly more efficiently next time. It's just basically learning about yourself and noting the detail that we usually overlook because we don't really check in with, why do I feel the way that I do? Where did that come from? What are the ingredients of it? Okay, so here's some tips that people would like to share or things that they're doing that are helping them in the current situation. This is from Marie. She has really struggled with motivation like a lot of people, but she finds just taking a breath. She's dug deep. She's reflected. She's allowed herself some time to just be, and this has given her focus. Whether it's just simply getting out of bed in the morning, whatever that focus might be, it's all about the small wins is what Marie is saying. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, it's really easy for us to, to focus on a future that hasn't arrived yet. It's very easy for us to, you know, without, imagine how strange in your lifetime, have you ever actually experienced not knowing what the next five days are going to look like? Um, because I, I haven't, I don't think many of us have, and that's really disconcerting. 
So to actually bring our gaze really um, closer to the now, um, we've talked about the power now. Um, it's a great book by Eckhart Tolle, if anyone wants to um, read that, I really recommend it. And be more present and be more mindful. If we feel good and we feel happy and we're in a good moment, then really enjoy it. And if we're not, then we'll we'll give some space and allowance to that as well. And I think that's a really good way of being firmly planted in in the here and now and in the reality of things. And um, and actually, I haven't used this term, but how do you find your feet or have you found your feet over the last 18 months? And actually, what does that mean, that piece of language? Find my feet. We want our feet to be attached to the ground. And for a lot of us, we would probably say, well, maybe they're not. So how do we root ourselves? And that's exactly how we do it. We have to focus on the here and now. If I sat down and just did some breathing exercise, some pranayama as we did in episode one, then I know where my feet are because they're connected. That's how I can purposefully ground myself and, and find my feet again. Within any one day, you can probably be connected, feet on the ground, and and disconnected where you're like, oh, it's getting away from me. I've sat in front of the news for too long. Uh, oh, I've been reading a newspaper and um, and it's telling me all kinds of things that make me feel slightly triggered. Externally, there are a million things that will trigger a million emotions for you at the moment. Um, internally, there are a lot of practices, things that we're going through um, during, um, you know, certainly this series and the last as well, really that are going to help you to regain some form of control. And I hope that that comes across loud and clear. Okay, everybody, I've had a really wonderful time um, talking to you about these quite personal subjects, um, quite personal vulnerabilities, I guess. Uh, But listen, the three takeaways from today, without a doubt, are about protecting your balance to actually think about what your balance is, what it needs in order to be improved and what you need to do less of as well, which is almost as important as what you need to do more of and what you need to make time for. Which brings me on to my second takeaway really is that the way that we structure and organize our day using time box or maybe other methods that you might have is going to be vital to creating that sense of control that we have uh, over any one day, over any one outcome. If we're in control, if we're stable, if we are controlling the controllables, then we are going to feel grounded and we're going to feel like we know where we are. I think we love to have an idea of where we stand. You know, that's usually something that we relate to relationships, isn't it? Where do I stand here? Um, But actually, I want to know where I stand in the world at the moment. Thirdly, journaling, self-reflection is a great way to create balance as well. That equilibrium that we're all looking for. Um, But lastly, I think actually it was a a great question that really led me on to this. It wasn't necessarily something that I set out to talk about today, but it feels really strong for me. It feels like it's pretty weighty and the, the sort of thing that I should just repeat, really. And that is that if you feel something, don't push yourself to to be the opposite. If you don't feel motivated, don't push yourself to to be full of energy because it's okay not to be in that moment but you can guarantee that if you give yourself a bit of time and space to just be then actually that motivation and the positivity will come off the back of that that's something that you have to trust but let's not continuously try and push away the negative in order to just use any form of positivity that we can get our hands on because sometimes it's not actually from the best place all right a little bit of both 
again brings me neatly back round to the fact that we need the opposites. We need to have a balance of emotions, a balance of all things is what keeps us on the straight and narrow, as they say. Good luck, everyone. I hope that this has helped. Well, as ever, thanks very much for listening to this episode of Only Human. If you like what you've heard, there'll be new episodes every Monday from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Absolute Radio app, or wherever you get yours. Remember to rate and review the show because I love to see the feedback. If you'd like more support or advice, please go to absoluteradio.co.uk. Time to listen for details of some amazing organisations we work with who can help. You can also get in touch with your questions, concerns or dilemmas by emailing me direct at only.human at absoluteradio.co.uk. I'd really love to hear from you.